0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, today we're going to speak a little bit about this verse where the Lord said in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. If we think a little bit about our life and our existence and where we came from and where we are going, we'll find that God is present throughout the whole process. God was present from the beginning before us. God is the one who created us. God is the one who abides in us throughout our life. And then when we die, we ultimately go to God. So whether you talk about before we were born, after we die, whether, you know, during our life, in every way, God is kind of ubiquitous. He's, He's constantly, always present. And that's why we place such a big emphasis on the spiritual life. What is the spiritual life? The spiritual life is the realization that God is present all the time and he was present before us and he is present at the end as well. And we came from him and we are going to him and we are present with him. The spiritual life is to um, look beyond the physical senses that we have and to perceive something that is true that is beyond maybe what we are able to realize or perceive normally in the world. And when we speak about having faith, having faith is going beyond the physical and believing in the thing that is beyond the physical. So let's speak a little bit about, about this. So it says, um, he said about himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, right? So, so when you really think about creation, creation, of course, is a creation of God. God is the creator. So there was a time where nothing existed except God alone. Even heaven didn't exist because heaven is a creation. You know, we speak about heaven as being like the dwelling place of God, but God doesn't even need a dwelling place. God is the only one who exists, right? And everything else that came, whether heaven or angels or the earth or the universe or anything else, it it existed because God made it to be so, right? So when we say God is the beginning, we're not just saying that he is the first thing because he is the first, right? But he is the source of all things right he is the source of everything else that came after him and he has no beginning he has no origin and this is something maybe very difficult for us as human beings to comprehend how is it that there can be something without a beginning and everything we trace back and we say every step has a cause and the cause had a previous cause and the other one had a previous cause you keep going back 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 until you find the original right the original reason so when we speak about god everything traces its place all the way back to him when you ask any question, and then you say, why is that? And then you give an answer. Yeah. And then you say, well, why was that? And then you give another answer. You say, well, why was that? Ultimately, every single question you ask is eventually going to lead back to, because God made it so. Right? Even, even, even when we talk about science, right? In science, like we have an understanding of many scientific principles um, that we have observed and learned in the world. But why is it that those principles exist? Why is it that the, you know, universal constants of the universe are what they are? Well, there is no answer in science. All science can do is observe what exists and quantify it and measure it, right, and use it. But why is it that it even is the way that it is, right? No one has an answer. Ultimately, the answer is because God made it so, right? So so God is the beginning of the creation. He is the beginning of the mind. He is the beginning of all knowledge. He is the beginning of everything. And He is the only thing The only one who really exists on his own. Nothing supports him. Nothing made him to come into being. All of us live because we are supported by him. The creation itself exists because it is supported by him and it was made by him. But he is the only one that is supported by nothing. He is the only one who has intrinsic power. Everything else derives its power from something else. But he is the only one with the intrinsic um, power. So what does it mean? beginning nothing was before him he has always existed he has no source okay Um, in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth right even when it says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth this beginning is not even the first beginning this is speaking about the beginning of the creation god existed before this beginning right even the our concept of, of as human beings of the creation we oftentimes refer to the creation of the physical world because this is the world that we can readily observe and we're aware of. So when we speak about the beginning, we're like, okay, the beginning of the universe, right? The beginning of what we can see. But God was present even before this beginning existed. Um, We read uh, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? So this beginning, when we speak about the Lord, this beginning is not a point in time. And one of the difficult things for us to understand is how is it that God exists outside of time, but is able to interact with time. For instance, um, when we say that the Lord Jesus Christ was incarnate, okay, this incarnation happened at a point in time. Meaning prior to it, he was not incarnate. Prior to it, he didn't have human flesh. Prior to it, he did not have the human nature. After it, he had the human nature right? That makes sense to us as human beings living in the, in the world, right? And that not only so in, on earth, but that after he ascended to heaven, he continued to have the human flesh. So he was ascended with his glorified body. But he ascended where? He ascended to eternity. He ascended to heaven. But heaven is timeless. So how is it possible that God who is infinite and eternal, lived for eternity prior to the incarnation without the human flesh, was incarnate in a point in time, went back into eternity again. Of course, he it's not like he ever left it, but now that he has something that he obtained, new that he didn't have before in time, but now it continues to exist outside of time. It is, It is, we can't understand it, right? Like it's beyond our understanding. Simply meditating on like who God is, it like, it blows the mind, right? How is it you can have a being that existed? You know, you can also ask the question, imagine if this being, which is the only being who exists, imagine if this being were evil. You know, imagine if this being was not humble, or if this being was capricious, or he was just a judge with no mercy, or he, he, he enjoyed harming um, others, right? Imagine if this was the God that we had, right? How is it that the God that we had is the way he is? I mean, I don't wanna say we got lucky, <laughs> but but like, like his goodness is manifested in the creation. His goodness is manifested in, in all that he made and the way that he made us and, 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 and the love that he shows us. This is who he is. Everything that we see that is good came from him. He is the beginning. Also, we can say humans did not exist for an infinite amount of time prior um, prior to our creation because because it is infinite there, there there has been no limit of time time like or or in the sense of here I'm using the word time loosely right i'm saying there has been an infinite amount of stuff that god has existed for an infinite amount of it prior to our creation right one of the reasons actually we speak about the trinity and the importance that god is trinity because we say that God is love, but what is love? Can love exist with only a single person? Like like if you are the only person in the world, right? How is it that you are going to love? Who are you gonna love? I mean, you could say I'm gonna love myself, but love is supposed to be an act that I show to another, right? So if 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 there is only one being in existence, how does that being demonstrate love? Well, so for one, um, the Trinity demonstrates love in and of itself with itself, right? There's multiple persons that all are 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 demonstrating love for one another. For instance, when the Lord is submitting His will to the Father, this is an act of love. Okay, when when um, you know like when it says after the lord was fasting for 40 days and then at the end of that fast the angels came and ministered to him this is an act of love like that god is is showing love to the son okay for like ministering to him and taking care of his needs okay also the act of love is is um is the reason for the creation it is because god wants to create beings for whom he loves to show them love. That is the, the reason for our existence is the love of God, that if God had not shown, if God was not love in this way, then he would not have made us like this. He would not have made us to give us good. When you see how he created Adam and Eve, he, he created them in a, in, a, in a perfect place, in a place that meets all of their needs, which is an act of love. And this is the way that God st- like began the creation by making it perfect and by putting us in it. So again, god is wanting to love just as parents who want to have children they love the children that they are going to beget even before they are born right they they, they want to have children to love them like that's the, mo- the the motive the impulse to have the children it's kind of like a love that exists from the parents to the unborn child even before conception that's the reason we even want to conceive That's the reason we want to have the children, is because we have love. It is just love brings creation. It creates the object that we love, right? And this is what God did. It is because of his love that he created us. Also, we can say an infinite amount of time will pass after the world has ended. When we speak about eternity, right? Eternity is never-ending, without end. And again, something very difficult for us to comprehend. Because no matter how long a time has passed in our life, no matter how much suffering we have had that we feel has lasted for such a long time in our life, no matter how many experiences we've had in our life, we know that there is an end to everything. Right? We know there is an end. Human beings naturally understand the concept of there is a beginning and there is an end. Okay? What we don't comprehend very easily is how there can be no end how is it that there could be no end to something right this is this is difficult for us so when when the, when the lord is even like describing eternal life it's like we're we're trying to understand it and you know in our minds and have faith to believe that this is really what he's saying but we have no other analogy that we can give to help us comprehend it that it will never end and this is why people ask questions it's like well are we going to get bored you know what is it how are we going to be doing you know what are we going to be doing there forever like because we're using human concepts and human terms to try to apply it to a completely different type of life, right? A completely different type of existence that we will have there. Um, <clears throat> in Psalm 90, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God, right? Like God God is—it is, has existed from before all of all of creation. God never was or will be but he always is. This is why when they asked God for his name he said I am he said I am. Right? He said about his name is I am. Meaning I am the one who exists. I am the one who is who is the existing one. All of you are not existing in that same way. We exist only because we derive our existence from his existence. But we are not intrinsically like alive. We are alive because he wants us to be alive, not in ourselves. That's why he says, I am. Right? I am. I am the only one who is. In John 8, 58, it says, Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay? So God is the creator. We take creation for granted because we were born into it. You know, when you're born into a situation, you don't, you're not aware of any other situation different than where you are. You know, Like someone born in America doesn't know what it's like to have been born in another country. Someone born to rich parents doesn't know what it's like to be poor. Someone born to poor parents doesn't know what it's like to be rich, right? And until kids get to a certain age, right, to begin to comprehend that there are other people who have different experiences than what they, o- what they have, right, it's very easy to think that everyone has the same experience as me. For instance, when we are born into the world that is full of corruption, It is easy for us to think that this is the way that the world always was right like everyone we know every generation that has been born as far as history has recorded you know are born into the same world and that the world is the same there is pain there's disease there's suffering there's like all of these things and we are we are born into it and that's just the way it is you know people are born people die and that's just the way that it is right but to the idea of having faith, what, what the Lord Jesus Christ did is he came into this world and he said, hey, don't believe your eyes. Don't believe that the world that you are born into is actually like this is it. No, there is something beyond. There is something beyond this. This is why we have faith in the afterlife. We have faith in the spiritual life because we believe that even though our senses tell us that the world is this way, but he is telling us, no, this is not the real world. This is not, this is not the ultimate world. This is the world for a time. The existence that you are existing is for a time. It is in a season. It is not forever. There was a time where humans didn't exist. And now is the time where human exists in the flesh. And there will be a time where humans exist in the flesh, but in heaven, right? This is, we just happen to be born right now, right? In the time where, of course, (laughs) only people can be born in this era. but, um, But this is what we're experiencing now. We're experiencing this season. Normal is defined by what we observe around us. At what point, At one point, there was nothing but God, right? Nothing but God, as we said. Also, God is the life giver. So he created all life. No life existed on earth before this. It says, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Like when you read in Genesis chapter one and two, when you read about the account of creation, prior to this, there was nothing else. Even the light. When he said, let there be light, Even light didn't exist. You know, everything we take for granted, everything we are familiar with, was created by God and didn't exist before Him. This He says, I am the Alpha. You know, like I am the Alpha. There is nothing. You know, Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Right? So when He says, I am the Alpha, He's saying, I am the beginning. Right? And I am the Omega, I am the end. God created man in His own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them again the way he made us to be we did not exist before he created how long have we existed in the mind of God you know God knew us before we were born even it says about Jeremiah the prophet he says like i knew you i knew you before you were even born okay so so we have existed in the mind of God for eternity even though we were not alive yet we were not born yet right but the beginning our beginning was actually in the mind of God and he knew us from all eternity so if you think and contemplate on that meaning God was aware of us and knew us and saw our future and knew us by name and called us by name for eternity like like there was no time where God existed where he did not know about us because he, he he was going to make us he just it was just a matter of time It was like, what is the right time? Okay, the time is now. Okay, you're going to be born. But he knew us for eternity. There was no time where we did not exist in the mind of God. He is also the Savior. When we speak about salvation, right, we use that word so often. And we want to understand what it means. Salvation means that we need to be saved from something, right? But why do we need to be saved from something? It means that we are perishing. Like we are perishing. Someone is drowning. Someone is dying. Someone is, nee- is in need of someone else to come and rescue them because they are not able to rescue themselves. That person who is drowning is unable to swim. They, are, they will perish. right? So when we use the word salvation again and again and again, and it kind of like loses its meaning for us. Salvation means we are perishing. Right, because all of the creation, all of the good things that God has made for us, right, having been the Alpha and created all these things, we rejected it. We're like, God, we don't want your things. We want to do it a different way. We want to do it our way. So we reject what it is that you have given us, right? And then we like, you know, poisoned ourselves. You know, like when, when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it was like poison. It corrupted them right it brought them separation from god who is the creator who is the source of life the one whom everything relies on for life it's like we are separated from life now and so we are dying we are dying physically and we are dying spiritually so when we say that we are in need of salvation and that the lord jesus is the savior it means that he is the one who is coming into the world that he made in order to rescue us from this poison right to rescue us from the state of death and darkness and corruption so Physical life that God gave in perfection to Adam and Eve, when they sinned, it resulted in the physical death. Adam and Eve were not intended to ever die. Death was not supposed to be something that existed. Even when God would be telling uh, Adam and Eve, like if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will surely die, which is what he says, death is like something so foreign. Like what do you mean die? They had never experienced death. Nothing had ever died before. Like everything, it just lived. There was life, there was no death. How is it that there can be death when everything is supported by God without separation from him? Everything is alive. By definition, it is life. How is it that if God is supporting something, that something can cease to live? So even Adam and Eve, you know, like God is giving them these warnings. I can imagine that in their mind, they're like, okay, maybe God explained to them what death is. But it's like a very foreign concept to them. What do you mean? Kind of like when parents tell their children, like, if you do this, there's gonna be these big consequences later on in your life. And the kids are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like we have to trust the parents. Kids have to trust the parents because the parents know better. But the words that they're saying make no sense. Okay? And then the parents say, you'll understand one day, right? Like, the parents like to say that. Um, physical death without God results in eternal death. So once you have physical life, And then you sin resulting in physical death once you have physical death which now we all suffer from every single person has to go through this physical death but without god now it results in eternal death okay and this is why there needed to be salvation because having physical pain is one thing having physical death is one thing but if that physical death is now going to result in eternal death well now god is saying no i don't accept this right you know, St. Athanasius, in his book on the Incarnation, he talks about this dilemma that God had. is How does he restore again what has been corrupted? Like, imagine God is like this master potter who makes these amazing pottery, right, perfectly, but now the, the like someone else came and messed up the pottery, and it's deformed and, 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 and marred, right? What is the solution that God is going to do in order to restore, right, in order to, to restore it again? And the answer is he remade it. Like he remade us, right? So, so there had to have been a solution. God is coming and saying, no, I, I, I don't accept. Even in the Garden of Eden, when he was speaking to the serpent, and he said that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman is the uh, descendant of the woman. And specifically, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God himself, who is the descendant of the woman, is going to crush the serpent so that all of the evil works of the serpent that is leading us to eternal damnation, that he will be crushed. And it is this way that salvation will come, that the Lord will undo what, what has been done. He will He will destroy, and he will restore, and he will resurrect. So this physical death, now that we suffer from it, in order for us to be saved from the eternal death, we need to have God with us. So again, he is the beginning of salvation, right? He is the beginning. So he's the beginning of all creation. He's the beginning of our own lives. He is the beginning of salvation for us to restore us again. Okay, so this is when, we, when you speak about God as the beginning, very important. He's also the beginning of virtue, right? Because when we are born, we are born in the state of corruption. You know, whenever we baptize someone, the baptism is an exorcism. Okay? The prayers, if you pay attention to the prayers of the baptism, they are exorcism prayers where the priest is actually praying that the evil spirits that are inside this person be expelled. And in the early church, um many of the people, most of the people who came to the church from among the Gentiles, they were adults, they were worshiping idols, right? They they, they were they were demon worshippers, right? So when they're coming to the church, the church is saying that we are going to expel from you, right, the demons. And you're going to go into the water, and in the water you have you become a new creation. So again, it is the beginning of what? Of a new life, of a new creation, of a new person. In Colossians 3.10, it says, And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So even in our... Uh, like, even in our spiritual life, while we are still on the earth, we are being renewed. We were renewed in baptism, and we continue to be renewed day by day by day by day, growing closer to becoming more Christ-like in everything that we do. This is the newness of life. This is the beginning of virtue. This is the way that the Lord uh, infuses us with himself, that we are become more like him over time. We are not the beginning. We just said that he is the beginning. But in my mind, because I am born at a certain time, I feel like I am the beginning. Like there was nothing before me. I'm the beginning. And that's why I'm the one who decides for myself like everything that should be done. And even, like, look how much we as human beings, we reject even the wisdom of the previous generation. Look how much children, they, they reject the wisdom even of the previous generation and consider that even their parents they have no idea what they're talking about. Right, like the way that I know how to do it, the way that I want to do it is actually better. And you guys are just like backwards, you know, like foolish, don't understand. You don't understand the culture now. You don't understand the, thing, the way things work now. We don't want to do what you say, right? This is the rebellious nature that we find among many youth, right? Selfishness and self-centeredness. Even the way that children are, even the innocent children, right, when, when they're born, what is the nature? The nature is they're very self-centered. Everything is about them. They, they, Young children can't understand the concept of other people having needs or other people feeling pain or other people having desires. No, actually all they know is I have pain, I have desires, I am hungry, I am this. Can a child understand the concept of their parents are hungry? No parents, I don't care. Like I have no concept of that. By, by the very nature, right, from the very beginning. Actually, we have to learn and acquire what it means To be empathetic right empathy meaning that we feel what other people feel this is something that is difficult to learn something that we have to train ourselves to learn to understand that other people also have feelings and needs and suffering and how is it that i can sacrifice my own desires in order to fulfill the desires of another person also people believe that whatever opinion that i have is the truth right like it's very easy for us to say like i have a certain opinion it's the truth understanding the concept that maybe i'm wrong like yeah maybe theoretically yes but we cling very tightly to the truth to, to our own opinion right we are not the beginning so what about the end okay in second peter three ten it says but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up so that's pretty dramatic Maybe be difficult again for people to believe because I've never experienced this before. As much as I know and every experience that I've had is the world is just gonna last forever, right? It seems like it's been forever and it looks like it's gonna stay forever. What would cause this to change, right? Even um, uh, I think it's in First Peter where he's talking about how people are saying, well, God said that there would be a judgment, but the judgment hasn't come. Every day is the same. Every generation is the same. Like, why do I believe that there's going to be a change to come, right? But this is what the the scripture says. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It will come unexpectedly. It's not like we're all going to be like, yep, today's the day. He said, no one will know the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And even though there are signs, we have a tendency to ignore signs. And the reason being is because it just becomes normal life. Like, for instance... We see around us all kinds of pestilences and famines and sufferings and diseases and wars and all this stuff. And we're like, yeah, that's normal life. Like, that's the life we live, right? That's what we expect in life. We expect all the suffering. We expect this to be like this. And anyone born into that definitely will not see this as being strange. Maybe a generation that lived before it and then saw it happen. You know, like imagine anyone who was alive before COVID and then experienced COVID, it'll be like the whole world changed. Like this is just unbelievable what's happening. Imagine though the children who were born in COVID and for them, this is normal life. The idea that everyone is wearing masks, the idea that no one can get close to each other. And you ask them, is there something strange? I'm like, no, that's just life. That's what I'm used to, right? So as the world gets more wicked, right? And everyone who was born into it accepts the wickedness as being just reality, this is, this is the world, right? And that's why no matter how many signs come, right, people are always gonna be very skeptical that things are actually eventually gonna end in this, right, you know, like if you look at AI, for instance, maybe those of us who ex- lived before cell phones, right, and now look at like the kinds of stuff that's being done like in technology, and it might be frightening, but you have kids that are born that will never know a, a, you know, a life without chat GPT, right, like, like w- where you can just ask this thing anything, and it'll tell you an answer, right? For them, that'll be normal life. It's like the concept of not having the access to such a thing will be foreign to them. And they will look at the generations that came before and be like, okay, just be careful with this stuff because this stuff is gonna like change society and do all this stuff. They're like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about, right? Well, it's like, well, you don't know what I'm talking about because I lived in an era where this didn't exist and I knew what life was like before, right? So. The idea that there is an end that is going to come and that the Lord said in no uncertain terms what it will look like and that it will come as a thief in the night and what will happen at this end, okay? The heavens will pass away with great noise. Like this is now not a subtle thing. The creation was not subtle. We weren't there to see it, right? Like we weren't around to see the creation, but it was not subtle. It was very climactic. It was very like like tremendous. It was a tremendous thing if somebody were to observe the creation right and also the end is very very um dramatic it's not something subtle that's going to happen what is going to happen well there's the death of the body that is part of the end right we get old but the lord remains the same we understand the concept of aging of getting old maybe losing our our abilities but god does not get old and he does not lose anything Our life ends, but he still still remains. God chooses for us to have eternal life, but it didn't have to be that way. Meaning, God shares with us the goodness. God shares with us his nature. His nature is one of immortality. His nature is one of eternal, of being eternal. Right? So, he is sharing with us his life. Because again, he is the only one that exists. So, while our nature is that we grow old and feeble and we die and we turn to dust... And we are no more. We go back to the form that we were before our creation. But in God, God says, no, I am interrupting this process. And I will grant you immortality to live forever because I am forever. Because I live forever. So when we speak about having God with us, right? Eternal life comes from God. It doesn't, it's not just something automatic that happens because that's just the way things are. The destruction of the world. okay? The earth will be destroyed as we said. And the earth, he made it just for us. He made it first for us. The whole reason the earth exists is just for human beings. The, everything that was created prior to the creation of man, it was like God is getting everything ready. You know, God is getting everything ready, and then finally, once everything is ready, God created mankind, and he said, take care of this stuff. Take care of this. This is, I created it for you. It will support you It will bring you benefit, take care of it, have authority over it, subdue it, right? Have responsibility over it, right? This earth, when the end comes, there will be no need of it anymore because he said what? He will create a new heaven and a new earth. There will be a brand new place that is fitting for eternity for us to dwell in. And, you know, the scripture speaks a little bit about the new heaven and the new earth and what it looks like, but... No matter what we read, we will not understand until we see it. So heaven is the dwelling place of God. And different church fathers say different things about what would have happened if, you know, if if Adam and Eve had not sinned. Some people say, well, they would have stayed there for a while and God would have taken them to heaven. Some church fathers say that the the Garden of Eden, which we call paradise, is actually in heaven and not on the earth. So different people have all kinds of opinions. But the bottom line is, is we don't know, right? Because that didn't happen. We don't know what would have happened had no one sinned against god what were what would have happened in that case is it the same thing would have happened i don't think anything would have been destroyed right because nothing had been corrupted so but i don't have a good answer so i think it's referring so there's a paradise and there's a kingdom of heaven the paradise which is what right now like when people die they go to paradise that's that would be like the current heaven if you want to call it but then the kingdom of heaven which is where everyone is going to go after the end of the world that is what i would consider the new heaven well so so like for instance the book of revelation speaks about like there being this heavenly jerusalem where people will dwell so so i i i don't i like i mean i i don't want to say something that is wrong but like the idea is there is a new dwelling place for people okay where that is and the concept of it and what is the relationship between the new heaven and the earth um, i can't say that that i have a good answer for that um nevertheless we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells like a new creation right we are looking forward to that what is heaven eternal life with god without separation without temptation without without anything that would be a barrier as we have now that leads us away from God. God accepts us there because we are his sons and daughters, not because we deserve it. And this is a very important part. Like we are there by his mercy. We are not there because we have earned it. It is not like the strongest or the best are the ones that go. If the right hand thief could go to heaven and he lived his entire life as a thief and it was only in the last moment in his life that he had faith to believe that he could be saved and he asked the Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom and the Lord said, today you will be in with me in paradise. That should give us hope, like everyone hope. Like if he is able, if that man in that last instant of his life was able to attain it, right? If we just meditate on that, what does that mean for us? Revelations six, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts like expressing our thirst, telling God that we thirst for life, he says what? I will give you freely the fountain of water, right? Meaning he will grant us salvation freely for anyone who seeks it, not because we have demonstrated perfection, okay? So what is the conclusion? He is the beginning. We came from him and he is the end. We go to him, okay? There was eternity, where God is existing. He created everything. He created human beings. He granted us physical life and then we go eventually back to him again and live in eternity with him. Physical life is a tiny speck in the grand scheme. And as much as obviously for us now in this season life is everything. Life is our daily experience. Life is what we experience when we wake up and when, and you know when we go to bed. Like that entire repeated routine that we that we you know play out every day for years and years and years that is what we feel in this moment is everything but in reality it is nothing it is such a small part of all of existence and the whole message of the scripture is don't live for that tiny speck of time don't 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 put all of your eggs in that basket don't invest in that speck of time invest in the rest of it figure out what you need to do to be invested in the rest of it because the rest of it is the real life and what you have here is the tiny speck a person in Hades only wishes for a single second of life to repent and you think about that you know a person might have a hundred years of time in this life and all it took like the right-hand thief was one moment right one moment of sincere repentance to attain the kingdom of heaven and the people who are in Hades who now realize that their way of life, their lack of faith, their disobedience, their rebellion, whatever it might be, is what caused them to go there, all they would yearn for is one moment. One moment back on earth in order to repent of their sins. In Hebrews 12:2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is what he did in order to grant us salvation. And this is just a very brief kind of meditation on how is it that the Lord, when He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, how is He the beginning and how is He the end? Where were we with Him at the beginning and where will we be with Him at the end? Any questions or comments? Yes. I don't know if there if if there could be other goals. I don't know if there's other peoples somewhere else. I don't know if there's other universes. I have no idea, right? All we know about is like our little piece of it. And what is it that what is it that he's told us? There's so many other possibilities out there, right? Of so many other things that he could be doing. I wouldn't say though that we are his purpose. We are not his purpose, right? He is our purpose. But It's not that he needs us, right? He created us out of love, not out of need. Like parents who want to have children in order to shower them with love, not because the kids are there to fulfill a need in them, but because they want to offer themselves to the children. And that is the love of God expressed toward us. Um, How that is manifested in other ways beyond what we are aware of, I I don't know. Okay, can pray? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask for your blessing. We ask, O God, that you help us to remember where we came from and how you are the beginning of all things, and where, O Lord, we will end up in the end. Help us to live our lives with wisdom and discipline. Help us to live our lives feeling and experiencing your love, knowing, O God, all that you sacrificed for our salvation to restore us again to you after we have fallen away. We ask for your blessing. We ask, O God, that you bless the church, and you bless all of the servants and all of the people. We ask, O God, that you grant us, O Lord, the desires of our heart according to your will. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints,